For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Goodness knows I have a lot to, a lot of work left to do. Like right now, it's that very busy time of year where like everything slows down after Thanksgiving, but like everybody's cramming right now, big time. Yeah, everyone's literally rushing to make the year end on a good note. Our twenty twenty three year review and our twenty twenty four outlook. So the last episode of the year. Normally, I do this program to go ahead and just give a bit of a monologue, but we're going to do something a little bit different on this program because of the fact that a couple weeks ago I was getting ready to go ahead and record for another program with a guest that was going to be appearing with us. But the host of that said program wasn't able to make the interview, but I took a little bit of time to go ahead and talk to that guest and kind of just made into a conversation that I felt we decided to start talking about cannabis and the outlook of the industry because it is the end of the year and, he kind of helped me get into a direction where I decided to just start getting on my soapbox and start talking about what was of interest in the industry. And we got into it. So I spoke with a publicist from Nissan Co. And his name is Wilfred Wamiri. And he's somebody that I actually have talked with for a number of years when it comes to being one of the preeminent PR companies that we normally talk to that might help us out and introduce us to possible guests that might appear on programs like Blunt Business or other cannabis radio programs. And I went and talked to him, and we got into a conversation pretty extensive on various subjects when it comes to legalization, when it comes to finding a voice and and finding a, a proper voice that really will help the cannabis industry stand out, and some of the issues that the cannabis community and the industry itself needs to understand and be aware of. So I went through a few things and I want to go ahead and take some comments that I talk with him about and put them on the program here tonight. And I thought it would be just good to go and put this together because when I got to speaking with Wilfred, man, I just got a little on a roll and some real honest, raw, uncensored commentary. So I'm going to play you some clips of that and let you hear what I was saying about it. So we're going to start off with the first of my conversation when we realized that we decided to just start talking shop because we were on the line together and, you know, Wilfred and I have been working with each other for years. We just haven't talked. So we did that and we started talking shop. And here is a little bit of what I was talking to him about. I was rushing to do, you know, PR stuff for companies interested in the Ohio market and their election. So yeah, trust me, it's been, it's been a busy couple of days we haven't talked about that yet i mean now that the about the ballot initiative went through i mean we haven't talked yet about ohio yet and i mean that's that's probably i guess that's next year where we'll find out there's a lot of major metropolitan markets to get out of that and who's going to jump in first there's a lot of areas that could be a good gold mine for the cannabis industry but just depends on how ohio implements it i've been seeing a lot of negative news from the gop controlled legislature and 
they control the governorship as well that they might not really respect the will of the people and might put their own spin to it so let's just see how it goes well i mean the citizenry past adult use i mean you would say like if it's an example like florida is a very similar example if you're talking about political like in terms of how red a state is you know they i think florida has to pay attention to what ohio does once they implement and they roll out but i mean if the if the people went and passed, they have to just roll out as is. Like there's, they can't necessarily just, you know, try to put so much into making a dispensary that's impossible to go and do. Like now we're at the point where the disp- the the states that are green lit for cannabis, medical and adult, they're just gonna have to pay attention to the fact that look, it's eventually gonna be legalized nationwide, or at least it'll be where it'll be oversight and then states can control how as they want. <clears throat> but they're an, inter- an interesting case, uh, case study because New York was the other side of the spectrum. Now we see what Ohio does as, like you said, a right-leaning, red-blooded state. And But the what's important is that Florida's the same way. A lot of major metropolitan cities there. Ohio has that kind of front right now. And plus neighboring states. What do they do to set up their program? We'll keep an eye on it. And I mean, I'm sure we'll get some companies that will come on or we'll get some people that will get and tell us what's going on. Because that's the first focus is, that, is how, because if Ohio does it right, what does it say about Indiana or Texas or I don't know if Mississippi has, right? No, I don't think so. Or Alabama, if Georgia will go adult use, like those are all states that if Ohio does it right, the other states will follow suit. You have a really good point. If Ohio does it right and shows you can't respect right-leaning conservative values, although I might not personally agree with them, I am very left-leaning liberal. I align more with the New Yorks and Californias of this world. But if you can do it in a way that respects the values of the people in those states, what's stopping an Alabama or Georgia from you know doing it, implementing a similar model? Well, but think about it like this too. Uh, regardless, I mean, obviously, there's certain people that are very vocal about abolishing and then, you know, keeping cannabis decriminalized when it was Jeff Sessions or Jim Jordan or other people like that. But the thing is, there's a lot of moderate Republicans and there's a lot of independents within that whole circle. They want cannabis. You know, people might forget, but Trump in office, he said, you know, if they pass the bill, he'll sign it. If the states act were to, were to pass, he would have signed it, which, I mean, unfortunately, this president doesn't want to do. The thing is, there is support for cannabis. I mean, I know there's what well, Nancy Mace was uh, actually well, actually part, part of running a bill. Cory Gardner from uh, Colorado was also like every bill that's been put out there for cannabis, including safe banking, have all been bipartisan. So there's support for it. It's just, you know, how much money are they going to make? That's the whole thing. That's why nothing's been passed, yes. because there's no lobbying money, because big farmers spending 10 times more than they are. And that's yeah, cannabis that's with the help of tobacco and alcohol. My thing is, is like responsible, accountable business, compliance, you know, the priority and just that company just kind of rub about ground. Like if you want this industry to go ahead and move forward, the legitimacy starts with every company operating above ground and operating above and beyond what compliance standards are out there from every cannabis control board in the state, period. That's true. That's very true. 
And people won't say something. It. A lot of podcasters won't say that in cannabis. They don't. They just. They can't. Or they just. They have to just kind of you know, soft foot. People everything. are afraid to say it. There's a lot of self censoring in cannabis. People oh, are yeah. afraid to actually speak their mind. And I wish they did. Yeah, I prefer it. It's. I, I really wish people are more open to the idea of just saying what they think. There's a guy on LinkedIn. I've connected with him for a while now. He's called Brett. Brett is very open with calling out a lot of the BS he sees in the industry. He calls yeah. it as it is. Cannabis is a subject that can go across both aisles. No question. You can find plenty of people that are in support of it. I mean, I'll tell you, that doesn't... Cannabis, you notice, never is like a subject that anybody talks about. If you're, if they're politicians, you know, I bet you if you talk to many of them in D.C., they're like, unless they're like religious right, they're very strict and devout about it. Other than that, everybody else is like, yeah, I mean, fine with me. And they'll just say, well, how do I get money on it? How do I make money? That's it. So let's go and take a quick commercial break right here now. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and continue. And I'll also play you some more of my interview. Not even an interview, more just a conversation, just a back and forth with Wolf Wamiri, who is a publicist with Nissan Co., uh, one of the preeminent PR firms that do handle quite a few cannabis clients that we do have at times appear on Cannabis Radio. So I'll continue that conversation after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm going to go ahead and play you a little bit more of some comments I've made that have not been heard from before, exclusive, about my thoughts on the cannabis industry. So here's more. But that's part of the I reason wish... why it hasn't been legalized yet. Like federal legalization, three to five years down the line, which means we have to wait for the, Cong the, the congressional like shuffle like of 2024 and maybe 2026 to see if it shifts enough where it's like, you know, ultra majority on one side or the other. Once that happens, we can get the bill passed. That's what's going to happen. But right now, this 50-50, you know, 55-45 split between the Senate and the House, that's not going to get passed. There has to be a supermajority in both houses for it to happen. That's, that is exactly what needs to happen for cannabis to go. For safe banking, for any of those acts they have in place. I'm no one wants to talk about that out loud. Majority. But that's really yeah, what it is. True. We, can't say, we can't say a lot of this stuff out loud. But you know, we, we can talk about it just you and me because you know, we can have a very open, candid conversation. Yeah, that's So we work well together. But that's, I'm, I guarantee you, that's the only reason this is not passed. Like if you, unless you put enough money in their coffers that outpays Big Pharma, the only way you can do it is waiting for a supermajority to say, okay, let's get this bill done. Because they'll realize it's a bargaining chip. Like if they go ahead, oh, I want to, you know, be voted in next year or the next election cycle, that's past cannabis. That's good. A lot of people vote for it. A lot of people support it. Let's get that passed. I get to re get reelected next year. That's what happens. Oh. I've been hoping that Joe Biden can actually see that and you put some pressure or use whatever executive action ability he has on his table to pass cannabis as his October surprise next year. That's one they have been hoping for, because if he doesn't, he really risks losing it. And if he well, does, right. we, we, we might be pushing cannabis legalization at the federal level like two, three more years back, and you know, we've already waited for so long. For, for me, I live in Kenya, right? 
I am advocating in Kenya, like you, I don't consume. I'm actually straight edge, completely drug free. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, but I'm an advocate. I believe everyone should have the right to choose whatever they want to do. If you want to live like me, cool. If you want to be like Snoop Dogg, cool. I support your right to choose what works best for you. So right. I am really hoping that you, if you can get massive movement in the US, you're at the federal level, because state stuff is good, but state stuff doesn't influence policy globally. And you know, for me, I'm more interested on the African continent. If we can get federal movement, I promise you, we can get movement here locally, you know, within the wider African market. And you know, Africa is a big, big market, a billion plus people who have a cultural connection to cannabis that a lot of consumers in the West and a lot of companies take for granted. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But it's something I have seen firsthand. I have spoken with people who consume it just for their cultural beliefs. Yeah, that's the segment of the market that is being left out. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot we can do. Well, if you have to look at the legacy of what President Biden is going to be leaving behind, and this is where if he can, you know, Regardless of if he was reelected or he somebody else is elected, I mean he really did. I mean he might have been vocal of not you know being a support. If there's I mean if there's anything that have been said about it, but the one thing that'll be a carrot next year, because that is something that they're going to probably get done, be the scheduling from one to three, and the tax write offs that cannabis companies can have. That's a good chunk of change they're going to get back. That they can reinvest, or they can put in use for growth, or they can do whatever. Like that's that's a that's at least an advantage. That's at least something positive. the The whole idea of where they, you know, the, the they pardoned all these federal offenders didn't make a difference. That was just, you know, it was more symbolism than anything else. But nobody really benefited from that because there's so many other incarcerated anyway that did not benefit from that change. But these indeed, a lot the, of the incarcerations happen at the state level. That's something <clears throat> I've seen from. LPP, who I am currently working with, they, you know, the data shows a lot of incarceration happens at the local state level. So a federal pardon doesn't do much, like you said. I mean, he's not screwing it up. They're no, okay, because he hasn't had a bill put in front of him to sign. But that's because Congress, like, they can't get that bill up to be voted. But, you know, his Democratic constituents, listen, by me, uh, Wyden, Schumer, Booker, they all work together in tandem in, in the Senate to try to get it done. They they put the bill together. You know, you had Cory Gardner, Elizabeth Warren put a bill together. Cory Booker put his own bill together. Kamala Harris, before she became vice president, put a bill together. Like, there's a lot of places where people have put bills, and they're basically the same language, more or less. Now, just get it up to vote. But they could do it any time. They could do that tomorrow, but they're not. And there's nothing that oh. the president could do about it because he's not talking about it. He's more worried about, you know, the conflicts in Israel and Ukraine, I don't know what they're doing to address the border. I don't know what they're doing to address, you know, all these other issues 
much more priority than cannabis. That's the whole point. But that's, if they yeah, knew better, you want Biden to be reelected? Pass legalization. American politics are horrible. It's the worst soap opera in the world. This It's not a spectator sport anybody else should, will really enjoy. Like the way it's reported on is horrible. Like our media is, is, is the mainstream media, people don't want to say, but like it is a joke. Like the fact that, you know, if you want to go ahead and have anybody talk right now on cannabis, like just watch the hit pieces that go on a regular basis, whether it's CNN putting out some other hit story about marijuana or Laura Ingram talking to some other person that's like a, a stiff from some organization and they put them on for seven minutes and then she just barrels over them because, you know, she wants to make sure she finds somebody that's completely <clears throat> inept compared unlikable. to her. Unlikable. Huh? Yeah. They find someone who's unlikable, someone who doesn't have a personality, whose you know, media training is limited to answer this question in a way that makes our company look as good as possible. But yeah, that's, that's not what cannabis is. Cannabis is people like Snoop Dogg, people who have a personality, people who can't speak intelligently about the subject. So <clears throat> I agree. Mainstream media portrays the wrong side of what cannabis should be. Right. But you know what? Uh, I mean, there would be one thing where it's one of those things where, um, I mean, Snoop Dogg for a long time could build, I mean, had clout to go ahead and be able to, you know, speak like, you know, to, to, to a disenfranchised community. Right. Because he was one of those, he was almost convicted of murder. He was also part of that gang culture, but like, you know what, right now he's been so like, he's been out there for so long and he is like, so consumed the mainstream culture. Like he's sold out. Okay. That's good. Fine. But you know, how many, how many, uh, the people that would be listening to him, it's just like every other people that would listen to him. Like how much can he really sway that interest? He's not a Tommy Chong who's still, you know, he's still an outlier. Tommy Chong, might be into the mainstream, but he's more of a crossover. I got to interview him. And you know what? I got better answers out of Tommy Chong about everyday issues than anybody else. Let me tell you, if you ever listen to that blunt business, I would recommend that one. Cause you know, I got lucky even got that interview. Cause normally I put them on other shows. Cause I'm like, why am I going to get Tommy Chong? They said, no, no interview him. Really? Okay. I asked five, six questions. He was money. He was excellent. And I'm like, and I agree with everything he was saying. It was just like, I wanted to put him in, fr in front of all these issues. He was great. Like, I didn't give him softballs. I gave him pointing. I wanted to get his real opinion on stuff. And we did that, and it was really good. I think I think Tommy Chong, if given the right platform, if given the ability to speak to Congress about it, could be <clears> our <throat> our Frank Zappa. He did the whole yes. thing with Congress. And I was actually watching a documentary about this. Wilfred, you bring up a point. I, as growing up, I never got to realize how polarizing, but how right Frank Zappa was on everything, man. First of all, talented. I'm finally getting into his music, finally, and I'm understanding him. But also, I've seen all those interviews he's done, and I've seen him in front of Congress, those, those meetings he did. Yeah. What happened to him? Like, that guy was right. Oh, a lot of stuff. I grew up a very big fan of Frank. He... He was someone whose you know, music influenced the kind of music I listen to today. So I'm very familiar with what he did. And yeah, like you said, he was very intelligent and very right about a lot of things. So we need a Frank Zappa for the cannabis industry. And if we can have Chong as your know, industry's Frank Zappa, that, that will be very cool. Something I will definitely love to see. 
Now, what is funny, when we brought up Frank Zappa, let me just make this clear. We know that Frank Zappa did not condone drug use, okay? Even though you might have heard lyrics or you might have heard his music that might have some kind of a psychedelic connotation. But he was not a proponent of drug use. Nothing more than caffeine or nicotine or alcohol, for that matter. If, I, if I'm correct, that's what it was. But yeah, he, he did not condone drug use. But the point is, it still comes down to the fact that Frank Zappa in the mid-80s was very vocal about censorship, free speech, when it came to his music and when it came to the music for others. And he spoke in front of Congress and was very vocal and, and, and outspoken. And for that, and for what he's contributed to music in general, is very commendable. So I give all the respect to him for what he did there. But... In the same way, we need more people to be vocal out there, more people to go ahead and break through so that the stigma that's been put out there for years can be quashed. Actually, I was just talking to a guest that will be an interview I'll have on the grassroots marketing program. It should already be up by now if you want to go and catch it. And I spoke with David Cooey, works with Jointly, and we spoke a bit about the stigma and it was a pretty good conversation. So go ahead and check that out. I go more into detail about that there with him, but it comes down to the fact that the cannabis industry for blunt business, I always talk about things in general where compliance, our focus on how handle, how to handle business, the finance side, the investment side, and just worrying about all that. It, those are the still the major factors within the industry being able to go ahead and police itself, work with others to bring everyone above, else above board, keep everything above compliance, above and beyond as best as possible, because this is eventually going to be coming. And we see more of a corporatization coming in, a lot more Fortune 500 types coming into the space, C-level executives. We have to do as a community what we can to continue to go and push back against the constant onslaught of bad media hit pieces. Like, you just can't help yourself. I mean, what? There was a story that came out, as I'm recording right now, about a study that was 10 years old, right? They used, what, a 1,000 women and talking about how cannabis use is linked to higher risk of poor pregnancy outcomes. I'm not going to refer related to the story, but remember, the subjects in the study was, was what, 2013 and 2016? So, I mean, or 2010 to 2013. And it was a 2016 study. So they're pulling up old studies with respondents that cannabis wasn't even legal, wasn't, you know, adult use even by then. And they decided to use this because it's just something just to put out clickbait, just to go and continue to go, and go after the, after the cannabis space, because, you know, modern radio just can't help themselves. Mainstream radio cannot help themselves. We need to push back. And we need the right people to go ahead and be up and forward that will put the best foot forward for all of this as a community to be noticed. And one of the areas I've also talked with, with David Cooey was also the idea of, do we need to go ahead and encompass more of plant medicine or plant wellness as a matter? Because of the fact that we know that there is a bit of a hybrid right now that we've seen in the last year, especially with the MAPS conference, Psychedelic Sciences Conference in June in Denver, that there are folks in the cannabis community that are getting themselves involved or expanding their portfolio into psychedelics. 
mushrooms, ibogaine, psilocybin, ketamine, MDMA, other treatments in the same ways they perform. So these are things we're going to keep an eye on as well. And then the one thing that we should absolutely be looking forward to, which I mentioned already earlier in the program, is the DEA rescheduling cannabis to Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substances Act. Because as Marijuana Moment actually reported recently, the change would not only have big implications for cannabis at the federal level, but it also would cause a series of legal adjustments in states. It would impact politics, criminal justice, medical marijuana, and other issues. So-called trigger laws. So there's much more to be concerned about in the future, but this issue, the rescheduling of marijuana to Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, once that comes into play, we're expecting to see it happen. That's going to be the watershed moment for this industry coming up. So let's figure out how that's going to all work out soon enough. Anyway, that's the program for today. Thank you for listening in. And as you find it, of course, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Google. Uh, please make sure to can follow us on all social media at Cannabis Radio or at The Cannabis Radio on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.